0: Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN, Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life
1: message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Thursday, the shortest day of the year, December 21st, 2023. Great to be with you today and every day here on Catholic Connection, moving quickly. Toward the Christmas weekend, we have Christmas Eve coming up on Sunday, In the last few days of the third week of Lent, and the fourth week of Lent barely existing <laughs> this time around because, right, on the Sunday, the fourth week of Lent begins, and then it's Christmas the next day, next day so it's somewhat uh, a quick one this year, but we will make the most out of it, and I hope you do, too, with all the great resources that we try to provide for you here on EWTN, radio, TV, online, and including our wonderful hosts, such as the one, the only, Father Mitch Pacwa. He'll be joining us at 15 minutes past the hour for our Cultural Connections, and he's a scripture scholar, theologian, an amazing host, and on Wednesday nights, of course, live on EW10 TV and EW10 radio. And he's going to uh, give us uh, his understanding of the declaration on blessings that came out on Monday that is still making headlines. And now we're seeing uh, various... Uh, reactions from the bishops, some saying that they support it, some saying they're against it. There's a lot of confusion and and differing opinions on this. And also, being that we're going into a very important holiday weekend and a holy day coming up, two holy days actually, you've got Christmas Day and then you also, of course, have, have New Year's Day. How do we handle this if it comes up with our relatives? I would say lovingly, but don't get into a conversation right then and there, say, you know what, that's not exactly, because some may think that it's a done deal, and that's because that's the way the media are reporting it in terms of blessings for irregular couples, not understanding the distinctions. You say, you know what, that's not the case. I'd be happy to talk to you about it, but let's let's chat later, you know, after, after the holiday. That's just my opinion. If it comes up uh, in my circle of family and friends, that's the way Deacon Dom and I will handle it. Be willing to talk about it, but not then and there, because it is going to get, especially if they disagree with the church, because they're not going to bring it up if they don't have a you know problem with it or, or with with the church at all. Dr. Ray Grundy was just on my show. Uh, actually, we just wrapped up a, a live segment with him talking about just that. Uh, so be peaceful. Know that God is still in charge, but enter this weekend with a peaceful heart, knowing that the truth does and always will prevail. So Father Mitch joining us at 15 minutes past the hour. If we have time, I don't know if we will because I know he has a lot to say about this topic. I did want to ask him about the new story that came out of the Vatican also regarding cremation. I don't know if we'll have time for that. If not, we can pick it up at another time because there's a lot of questions about that as well. So excited to have Father Josh Johnson on with us. Of course, he is a wonderful priest and does so much in terms of media witnessing. And he has a new video out that was on the ascension press website for advent and he chose to do a litany of letting go for advent with ascension's advent series interesting though in terms of this litany of letting go we'll let him explain when he joins us at 39 minutes past the hour but for right now trying to make the most out of this beautiful season of advent moving into the christmas season what a great litany to say I actually found the video and played it, played the audio for my listeners in the first hour, and we'll give you the link to where you can find it. So that's the show today, two wonderful priests, Father Mitch Pacwa and Father Josh Johnson. Father Josh, by the way, is also going to be with us, and we'll make a mention of this toward the end of the interview, He's going to be with us at the Grand Hotel for our Grand Hotel Getaway coming up in the middle of the summer, God willing, beautiful Mackinac Island in northern Lower Michigan and he will be with us July 22nd through July 24th, along with Father John Ricardo and Scott and Kimberly Hahn. Wow, what a lineup. Weather-wise, what are we looking at today? Well, we have a slow-moving storm system bringing more heavy rainfall to Southern California through tomorrow. The weather experts are saying that's creating a risk of additional flooding in the region. The same system could also cause heavy rainfall in parts of the southwest where flood watches are in effect in the northeast, river levels remaining high, and flooding is expected to persist throughout the rest of the week. It is a Thursday morning, the shortest day of the year, December 21st. We so appreciate you tuning in to EWTN Global Catholic Radio. It is four minutes past the hour. Let's get started with the news. Well, the U.N. Security Council delaying a resolution that called for an immediate ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war again. USA Doctors Without Borders Executive Director Avril Benoy says the situation is becoming more dire each day in terms of trying to address humanitarian crisis in Gaza. The level, uh, the intensity in such a short amount of time, uh, we have not seen that um, in our history, certainly in the region. The council meeting yesterday following one day of postponement already, and after hours of tense negotiations, the United States requested the vote be delayed until 10 a.m. Eastern time today. Meanwhile, talks around another hostage deal appear to be at a standstill. The Israeli military, meanwhile, saying they found tunnels under Gaza City leading directly to the houses of senior Hamas officials. The military claimed on Wednesday that some of the tunnels are over 60 feet below ground, and they have electricity, plumbing, and surveillance cameras. In a statement, the military is saying those tunnels are used by senior Hamas officials for protected daily movement under Gaza City. Israel also accusing Hamas of deliberately putting tunnels under civilians and using them as human shields. The House Education Committee planning to investigate allegations of plagiarism against Harvard President Claudine Gay. The committee previously held hearings on campus anti-Semitism and questioned Gay as well as the presidents of MIT and UPenn. UPenn President Liz McGill resigning shortly after that hearing, but Harvard releasing a statement saying their president will not be stepping down. Now the House says it will begin looking into accusations that Gay committed plagiarism in multiple academic works. Harvard, however, says... The plagiarism plagiarism claims were insignificant and that Gay did not violate the school's standards for misconduct. Senator Tom Tillis is taking action after the Colorado Supreme Court, as Lisa Taylor tells us, ruled to remove President Trump, former President Trump, from the state's 2024 presidential primary ballot. The North Carolina Republican announced yesterday he'll soon introduce a bill called the Constitutional Election Integrity Act. It would prevent states from disqualifying presidential candidates from the ballot on constitutional matters that should be decided by the U.S. Supreme Court. He says American voters, not partisan activists, should decide who we elect as president. American voters, meanwhile, divided in the 2024 presidential election big time. It comes down to Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Quinnipiac pollster Tim Malloy says it's a virtual dead heat, according to their research, with Biden receiving about 47 percent of support from registered voters and Trump, just over 46 percent.
2: So much can happen in the next 10 and a half, 11 months. I mean, there's court cases. Both the both the two leading candidates are older men. You've got Nikki Haley rising. The world is on fire. There's two wars on two fronts.
1: However, in a three-party race, he says independent Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is polling at 16 percent, with Trump receiving 38 percent and Biden 36 percent. Trump is polling far more favorably than other GOP members, vying for the presidency with South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley and Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis, both receiving about 11 percent of respondents' support. Mark Mayfield tells us the immigration problem is exploding recently on the U.S. southern border.
0: Border agents report a record 14,000 migrants showed up to Eagle Pass, Texas on just one day this week, a new record and a growing problem for a city of just 30,000 residents. Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez, who represents Eagle Pass, tweeted, President Biden has abandoned border communities like mine. Republican senators are tying any aid to Ukraine to the border crisis.
1: The FTC proposing new online privacy measures for children. The changes look to strengthen the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act of 1998, which restricted online tracking for minors on the Internet by social media apps, digital advertisers, video games, and retailers. According to the regulators, the new rules would shift the burden of safety online from parents to those apps and digital services. And a storm packing a lot of Pacific moisture will dump heavy rain from Southern California to Arizona from now through the end of this week. We've got flood alerts up for 27 million people, including major cities of Los Angeles and San Diego, as well as Phoenix. And that system is going to get a little closer to the coast through the day today and into tomorrow. It'll shift a little farther to the east. That means periods of some really heavy rain. So the flood concern will be there. That's meteorologist Angie Lassman who says the storm could pour out a month's worth of rain over the next few days leading to major travel issues, flooding and debris flow. And some parts of the Southern California coast might catch even more rain than what Hillary delivered back in August. The heaviest rain and worst travel conditions will hit Santa Barbara and L.A. starting today. Drenching rain soaking the area from San Diego to Palm Springs tonight into Friday morning. Arizona and western New Mexico will see heavy rains Friday and Saturday. Meanwhile, Scott Pringle tells us floodwaters are starting to slowly recede in northern New Jersey on the east coast from those storms earlier in the week. But there are still plenty of flooding related issues.
3: There's many homes in places like Patterson and Wayne that still do not have power. And they have cold floodwaters in their first floors and basements. The smell of mold is beginning. So the smell is really, really bad. We have no water bottles left, so we've just been making food, whatever is in the fridge. More than two dozen were rescued in Patterson on Wednesday alone. And with key roads still underwater, a state of emergency remains in effect for Patterson. Schools there are closed the rest of the week. The Passaic River is forecasted to still be above flood stage through at least Saturday.
1: Social media platform X back online now after a global outage. Over 70,000 U.S. users reporting issues early today, as did users in Canada, Great Britain, France, and other countries. X users said their feeds stopped updating shortly after midnight, and some said they were unable to view posts. The cause of the outage is not known yet. Brian Shook tells us Toyota is recalling more than a million vehicles for potential airbag issues.
0: Toyota Motor announced the recall
2: on Wednesday, saying a short circuit in a sensor could cause airbags to not properly deploy. The recall is for 2020 through 2022 model year vehicles, including various Corolla, Camry, Avalon, and Sienna hybrid vehicles. The automaker says it will start notifying owners about the recall in February. Dealers will inspect the sensors and replace them if needed.
1: The airlines are prepared for a busy holiday season. Reporter Tom Costello spoke with TSA supervisors.
0: TSA officers rotate through multiple jobs all day to stay alert and focused. ID checks, body scanners, carry-on luggage x-rays, and a second look for checked bags.
1: The Federal Aviation Administration says they expect today to be the busiest travel day of the week and busier than this time last year when thousands of flights were halted by stormy weather. The trade group Airlines for America expects more than 39 million will fly over the holidays. That's about 2.8 million passengers per day, which is up 16% from last year. And the holidays can be difficult for people who struggle with their mental health. This time of year can come with high or unrealistic expectations, and that, according to the experts, can lead to stress, while others may be experiencing loneliness and grief, all of which can lead to depression. Think about your behavior. Are you starting to socially isolate? Are you starting to just kind of push back all your friends and your family and hang by yourself? Are you sleeping a whole lot more? Lee Richardson with the Brain Performance Center says a major red flag is if you're not taking part in the things that normally bring you joy. And today, as Michael Kastner tells us, will be the shortest day of the year in the U.S.
0: Winter
2: solstice begins tonight at 1027 p.m. Eastern, marking the start of winter in the northern hemisphere. Today, the sun will be at its lowest angle in its path across the southern sky and will be casting its longest midday shadows. It's also taking its shortest path across the country, meaning there will be less daylight now than on any other day of the year. On Friday, the days will start getting longer again, little by little.
1: It is a Thursday in the third week of Advent. Again, you just heard, shortest day of the year, December 21st. We have Father Mitch Pacwa in the wings waiting to talk to us about a number of issues in the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church and getting his take on the recent declaration regarding blessings that came out of the Vatican on Monday. How do we look at this? What do we need to know as faithful Catholics? And then if we have time, we'll talk about another decision that came out of the Vatican regarding cremation. I don't know if we're going to have time for that, but we'll try. And then we're also going to be chatting with Father Joss Johnson, a beautiful video that he did for Ascension, an Advent series called The Litany of Letting Go. But it may not be what you think. He'll explain. And that will wrap up our Thursday morning edition of Catholic Connection. You are listening to EWTN. Check us out online, EWTN.com. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in once again to W Ten Catholic Connection on a Thursday morning, the third week of Advent Cultural Connections with our guest, Father Mitch Pacwa. Really needs no introduction. He is a scripture scholar. He is an amazing host, author, speaker, and a wonderful and very, very dedicated priest who loves the church and loves his people. So, Father Mitch, I really was uh, really looking forward to talking to you about this because you have so much common sense and so much knowledge of the church as a priest, what was your response to the declaration that came out on Monday regarding blessings of irregular couples in irregular situations?
2: My first response was very negative because I got the the initial information from the news media. Then <laughs> as all of us need to do, I went and looked at the actual document. And I said, okay, this this is not exactly what I thought. Um, and so it, it's important. I mean, in a way, we were prepared for this. As the document itself says, by the five cardinals who had expressed dubia, that, you know, these questions about same-sex marriage and such, uh, and blessings, See, they expressed that, uh, I think, uh, early in the year, like February or so, and the Pope responded to them. And in those responses, you see um, the, the same principles laid out here that um, in, in the document. Uh, the, if you want to look it up, by the way, it, the document is called Fiducia Supplicans. Mm-hmm. Okay? and you can get that download it in your computer for free it's a good
1: price also so, it's it's the, there's there are links all over our, our news websites in any story that they talk about this there's hyperlinks to the document so it's very yeah, easy to yeah, find yeah, it yeah
2: yeah yeah so that's, that's that should be very easy um it made it very clear in you know marriage is and can only be between one man and one woman for life with openness to new life, that is to having children, and with fidelity to each other. That is the only possibility of marriage. This is not some way to propose uh, marriage for same-sex couples. Nothing like that at all. And uh, one of the things that uh, I think there's a naivete, perhaps, that they... Uh, you know, thought that people wouldn't jump to that conclusion, but it is stated explicitly throughout, and that you cannot do blessings of same-sex couples that in any way imitate marriage. Uh, There is not to be a writing of a formal blessing for same-sex couples, the way you have a blessing for you know uh, religious objects and and secular objects like the blessing of homes and things like that. Those are set. They they, they prohibit explicitly doing having a formal uh, blessing and explicitly prohibit saying that you can uh, do a blessing that is like the marriage blessing. Can't mm-hmm. do that. And thirdly. You cannot do uh, any of this blessing uh, on, say, on the day when uh, a couple gets a civil union or even dressed like they were going to a wedding. So if they were wearing, you know, usually you'd get dressed up for weddings. Most folks don't come and coveralls uh, to their own wedding day. Um, You know, you wear nice dress and all the, all the suit and mm-hmm. uh, tux, whatever. Uh, if the couple is even dressed in such a way, the blessing is not to be giving, given. It is meant to be uh, when somebody comes to you asking for a blessing, that you give them a blessing. the, the couple parallels that are uh, mentioned is how we bless all kinds of People and things, uh, like we I mentioned already, we bless our homes. Um, and does it mean that everything inside that family is perfect? And I only give house blessings on couples I deem to be perfect. No. Um, and the idea is that a couple might spontaneously come and say, "Father, we need a blessing." You know, um, you know, not. And it's not to bless the same-sex union, mm-hmm. but to bless the persons so that they can know God, know His mercy better, and live their you know, uh, values better than they can without God's grace. But it is also real clear that this is not a sacrament, and it is not something that is to imitate the sacraments, the sacraments require us to have a certain predisposition, a moral predisposition. And uh, you, know, without that, you can't receive a sacrament. Whereas a sacramental, like a blessing, doesn't make that same moral requirement. So I, I, I give you an example. My younger brother customizes motorcycles. And every year, they participate in July in the blessing of the motorcycles. I don't know why they don't do it in June, because that's the feast of St. Philip the deacon, who the blessing, uh, his feast day is the day for blessing automobiles. Hmm. Well, not everybody uh, among those bikers that shows up there is living a moral life in in its fullest. You know, they're great people. You know, they, they have the bikers right now are doing Christmas for the poor. Uh, they're doing a lot of great things. Does it mean that every part of their life is in good moral order? No, but I don't. You know, if I were blessing the motorcycles or uh, mot- or, or automobiles, would I say, are you in the state of mortal sin or not? I won't give this, but no. I, I would give the blessing to everybody that comes and hope for their safety on the road and that they live a good life, and that they use their fingers, when they're driving, they use their fingers to hold a rosary rather than other signals that Mm -hmm, some drivers give. mm -hmm. I want them to be better people, and that's why I bless them. That seems, from what I can read in the document, that is the orientation to help the, you know, folks live uh, better, but without at the same time condoning the a uh, a relationship that is irregular and uh not marriage at all. So that's what they're saying. The problem is look at how I've had to go through all this Right. That's what
1: I was going to say exactly.
2: You know, I have exactly. to go through all this to put it in context. And and you know, it it's it just uh has opened up uh two things. One confusion by people who don't know the faith and don't understand, you know, uh, Pope Francis wants God's love to be experienced by everybody, and he wants them all to grow in virtue and love. That's, that's his goal. That's his attitude, and he does, he, that's why he uses the example. When he goes into prison, these people have made mistakes, but he blesses them. Not because he blesses crimes they committed, but because he wants them to grow in virtue. And yes, versatile. but he didn't need
1: a new document for that. So why do we need? Exactly. And everything you said is 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 uh, is understandable. I get that, and, and it's clear in terms of marriage. However, why do you need a document for that? And, and I'm yeah. sorry, but the, as we say in broadcasting, it's off the tower. That is not the perception out there, and it's already happening. A friend of mine who's a priest in the Diocese of Lansing, Michigan, is saying that they're already getting requests to bless same-sex unions. People are not understanding what the document is because the media pick up something like this, and I don't think personally that we as a church do much on the – we don't do enough on the offense. We are always seem to be on the defense having to explain this. And on the one hand, yep. this upholds marriage, but on the other hand, it causes a lot of confusion. And people are thinking that it's a done deal now. We can bless so-called same-sex unions and people in other irregular situations. More with Father Mitch Pacwa on this declaration that came out earlier in the week. We'll be right back. 28 minutes past the hour. Welcome back. Father Mitch Pacwa joining us from EW10 for our cultural connections on a Thursday on this program, Catholic Connections. Father, I sent you the article, a very good article that was posted on the National Catholic Register by a wonderful uh, attorney who has written uh, some great books, he recently wrote a book regarding the whole problem with the whole transgender ideology. He is an attorney with the, with John Birch, is just a, a brilliant attorney, and has done so much on, on this issue and concerns about marriage and, and works with our friends at um uh, Alliance defending freedom, so he's very reliable and very orthodox uh, brother in the Lord. so he basically reiterated everything that you said in the first part of the of the um, article and then toward the end, I just want to go to the last couple of paragraphs because this is what we were were talking about in terms of that it doesn't go far enough with helping people understand what it really means because people are going to misuse it, and that's what he says. He said this is not going to be accepted in terms of the way they were hoping. It says the document misses an opportunity when it does not expressly call individuals in same sex relationships to live chaste lives in conformance with God's plan for marriage, but instead merely insists that blessings bring grace, and you mentioned this also, that allows such change to be possible. The declaration also blunders when it does not instruct priests asked to bless the individuals in a same sex relationship to not only bless, but to teach God's marriage plan and why it is best for human flourishing. So this is a thing, if, if they are so concerned and so clearly as they did, because I read the document expressing what marriage is and what isn't and what is acceptable and what is not, that the church cannot change its teaching, and if they're so concerned about bringing people to a state of grace to understand and be more open to the truth of who we are, male and female, then why didn't they give some sort of a prayer or a more specific guideline for priests? Because it just... Hands it over to you at the local parish and the deacon at the local parish.
2: And see what I think. On one hand, they're thinking about this in a legal way. Uh, They the the instruction says that any such blessing should be spontaneous. It tells the bishops' conferences you may not come up with a formal blessing. You cannot add uh, such a blessing to the Book of Blessings or anything like that. You can't come up with a formal uh, uh, thing so that they are doing that so that there cannot be a claim to legal sanction. I think it's, uh, you know, a canon lawyer made sure that they included that so that it would not be given a legal status. That's why. But then it is left to you know, the the, uh, the priest to do this and I I you know, that kind of instruction about this has to be laid out. Now, he would be and I, I tried to imagine myself. Uh you know, of course I know a number of people who are uh you know uh, homosexual to have same sex uh you know relationships and so on, and I, I if if one of them came to approach me for a blessing, my first reaction would be, now, when I prepare uh, uh, couples for marriage, in the second of marriage, I I work a year with them. I don't just sort of say, okay, let's just get married. No, no, I work with them for a year. There's a lot of discussion that goes on. And Frank... Discussion about how you learn to fight, uh, how you deal with your finances, and and uh, as and of course your sexual uh, uh, relationship. You know, are you already living together? What, what, I I give very clear instruction. That is not only immoral; it isn't good sense. Uh, and I explain why. And I, and I would say to any. Uh, same-sex couple, Uh, if I do that with the couples I'm preparing for marriage, I would want to talk to you, too. And to use, if they're open to a frank discussion, I could use that as an opportunity to evangelize them on lots of levels about why this is not marriage. I think it would be pastorally responsible of me to talk to them uh, straight up about, you know, what's going on and, and why this is uh, uh, where where the moral problems are, as well as you know, uh, talking to them about how do you argue, what are your plans uh, for fidelity and and so on, um, you know then I could use that as an opportunity to evangelize. Um, that would be one of my f- responses, uh, uh, and it would, you know, if I do get that request, that would be something I would talk to them about and say, this is why the Church is teaching as it is. Um, I think that's, that, that would be key. It that kind of idea is not in, in mentioned in the document. That would be my own, you know, trying to use pastoral uh, uh, responsibility. Wouldn't it be
1: helpful for you, though, as a priest to have some, okay, so they don't give you official blessing because of the legalities surrounding you, so the yep. canon lawyer got yep. involved? Okay, fine. But you mean to tell me that they do all this and they can't, you know, this is just me, the reporter and, and, and a deacon's wife thinking yep. here. You you can't give us some general guidelines in terms of, you know, what should be said in that type of a prayer without making it an official blessing from the Church to add to the Book of Blessings. This is so well, see, ripe for abuse, Father.
2: Yeah, well, see, that is 100% correct. And if uh, someone... Takes on the, uh, the the cultural ideology uh, about marriage uh, between people of same sex, I believe that that's possible. Uh, when the church doesn't, you know, that you're going to have, uh, you know, a lot of incorrect things said, and it will be made. Uh, I, I guarantee you. I guarantee. You, just looking at the past history of this. Among the Protestant denominations, that this kept getting pushed to the next level. That it it wasn't like, okay, we accept what you've given us and we'll just go on. No, we want to. You know, they they at, at every step of the way, people who are ideological about this uh, question of. Same sex unions. They will keep pushing. And every time they pushed this within the Protestant denominations, it led to uh, people losing heart and losing faith. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they they kept walking. So so that as it got to a point where, um, in the Episcopal Church, where uh, a man who was ordained a bishop then divorced his wife and moved in with another man in the same-sex relationship, and they didn't, it just pushed the envelope one step further. Uh, that happened, something like that has happened in the Methodist Church, yeah. and it's divided them apart. Yeah, and well, we it's... have to, um, you know, the, the Vatican has to make, you know, some of these things a lot more clear yep. than they have.
1: Yep. Father, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Much more to talk about. And we will talk to you most likely in the new year. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll be live back with Father Mitch Pacwa in about two weeks because we have some time off next week. We'll be right back.
0: Maybe we're holding on to the way that prayer used to be whenever we were in youth group or in high school or in a small group Bible study in college. We try to control God and we try to manipulate the voice of God and tell God, well, this is how you have to communicate to me. I'm going to give you this 20 minutes every day and this is your time to talk. And God's saying, quit trying to tell me what to do. I want you to spend that 20 minutes with me in the morning, every morning. But what if I just want to look at you during that 20 minutes and gaze upon you and delight in your presence? And what if I want to speak to you later on in the day whenever you're at work or with your family or with your friends or doing ministry or studying for For school. We're invited to let go of our preconceived notions of the voice of God, of how and when and where God will communicate his presence to us, of when we're going to feel the grace of God, of what it's supposed to look like. We're invited to let go and simply receive.
1: Wow. Amazing. That was a message that Father Josh Johnson gave on this beautiful video he did for Ascension Press in an Advent series, and he decided to do the litany of letting go. And Father Josh Johnson is an amazing priest and also an amazing speaker. He joined us on the Good News Cruise and he's going to be joining us in July at the Grand Hotel Getaway. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But Father, great to speak with you. Bonatelli. Natale I know you're a part Italian so we have that connection. We always talk yes, about ma'am. that. <laughs> great to hear your voice and great to, it's so great to have you on the program again. So you know I was telling you that that when I saw the the interview coming up I was so interested in this whole idea of letting go which we all need to yeah. do more in a regular basis but it was very unique in terms of the litany it's not what I expected so it was a litany of letting go of uh, maybe you need to kind of be more open to your in your prayer life to how God wants to speak to you correct morning thanks for joining us
3: yeah yeah you know I I was praying for Advent um, as a pastor I'm always concerned with how can I shepherd my people in this season of Advent and when I think about Advent it's one of the busiest times of the year as we prepare for the Christmas season and one of the, the negative aspects that can happen in Advent season is we can neglect prayer because we're doing so many other good things. We're so busy with the things of the world that we begin to decrease the amount of time we spent in prayer. Uh, and so I spent a lot of time in adoration, and I ask God, well, what do you want me to say? Um, and I was inspired to write this prayer, to let Buddy go. Um, and it's all about prayer. Uh, Because I think that uh, sometimes we believe lies that I'm too busy to pray or uh, I'm not holy enough to pray or God's not going to answer my prayers. And and so I just wanted to to draw people to pray, to prioritize time with Jesus Christ every single day Um, and to not believe the lies that prayer isn't for me.
1: Yeah, and it's, it really is powerful. And so I want people to listen to it. Again, I played it for the first hour. My listeners in my first hour of the program. So where do they find it, Father? Because it was for last week, the second week of Advent, correct?
3: Yes. So if you go to the rejoiceprogram.com, uh, it should be there. And then, uh, yeah, heard, I should press the rejoiceprogram.com. What's been the
1: response to it?
3: Oh, it's been so beautiful. There's been so many people, uh, even in my own community, my own parish, who have, have come to me and just told me it's, it's Given them so much freedom, because some of them, have, they were believing lies about prayer. Like, they, were, they thought that something was wrong in their prayer because there was so much silence from God. They thought that something was wrong in their prayer because it was dry or because it was boring. And, and that's just the reality of a relationship with God. Sometimes prayer is not going to be fun. It's not going to be exciting. And so for them, it's given them freedom to just really embrace relationship with God on, on God's terms and not on our terms of what prayer should be, could be, or would be, or what prayer used to be. For a lot of us, whenever we were younger, maybe prayer was a lot more exciting, you know, and and the Lord gave us a lot more consolations in prayer. And as we mature in relationship with the Lord as disciples of Jesus, uh, prayer becomes a lot more dry. And that's normal, and that's good, and that's fine. And so a lot of people have been condemning themselves and and accusing themselves, and they were discouraged in prayer and, and, and They've been finding this freedom to say, okay, there's nothing wrong with my prayer if I go there and I don't, um, experience any insights or feel the feelings. It just to be with God is sufficient to, to show God I love you and I'm here for you, um, is, is enough because ultimately prayer transforms us more and more into Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and, and that's, that's the goal of prayer. The goal of prayer isn't to, to get my way or to, or to, the, all the stuff about me. The goal of prayer is to become more and more mm-hmm. Jesus.
1: So I took several notes that I was listening and praying along with you, but the things that struck me that I wanted to ask you, because the litany I thought was very, very powerful in so many ways. The, the idea of silence in prayer, obviously you want to make sure that you, you can hear from God, but sometimes if we don't hear from God, as you said, I think this is super important, just to be present, maybe just to sit in Eucharistic adoration and just, yes. you know, just say, hi, I'm here, and just sit.
3: Yeah, there's no way that we can spend time with God and God not transform us with His grace. And so even if we aren't aware of what God is doing, God is always acting whenever we pray. And so perhaps the Lord just wants to to gaze upon us as a lover. The Lord is our bridegroom. We are the bride. We are the church. And and you are married, and you know what it is like to to look at your husband, just to gaze at him, or Mm -hmm. to to look at your family. When, When there's a newborn baby in the family, we just love to gaze upon that child. And we don't understand a word that that child is trying to communicate when the child cries. But to gaze upon the child is sufficient, especially a sleeping baby. And so the Lord does just love to look at us and to gaze at us, and then then He wants to speak to us as well in Scripture and, and to people uh, in the Bible. He even spoke to animals. <laughs> so God speaks to us on His terms throughout the rest of the day sometimes. But oftentimes the Lord is just like, just visit me, like just show me that You love me and show me that I'm enough. Like show me that You'll keep coming if I don't. I, years ago, Teresa, I was praying and um, I was in hospital ministry. And I was seeing death, like, every day, and I was Mm -hmm. seeing people in a coma all the time, and their loved ones would go to the hospital, and they would just sit there with them, and they would look at them, and they would hold their hand. Now, their loved one wasn't able to communicate back, but they still went to the hospital Mm -hmm. to be with their, their loved one in a coma. Well, if we can do that for our loved ones who are in a coma in the hospital, then we can certainly all the more do that for God, just to go and be with the Lord, to show God, I love you for you and not what you're doing for me, not what, not what I'm asking of you. I just love you for so you, God. You are enough.
1: Ah, that's powerful. Talking with Father Josh Johnson, I did a beautiful video for Lent through Ascension Press. Uh, it was actually uh, promoted last week, but this is like timeless, Father. This is something you can use any time of year in Advent Lent, whenever. The Litany of Letting Go, second week of Advent with Father Josh Johnson and Rejoice, Sundays with Ascension. He'll give you the actual link to the actual litany. But what I also loved about it is a message you had there, which I think really helps me in so many ways, is learn how to communicate with God. I'm paraphrasing, but what I got out of that one point, many points you made, but the one about communicating, communicating with God differently, being open to hear how he speaks to us. Sometimes, and maybe it's because we're Catholic and we think of prayer in a quote-unquote religious setting sitting down in church before Mass, praying the rosary, doing the readings, which is fabulous, going to adoration, which is huge, uh, going to daily Mass, which is awesome if you can do that, reading the Scriptures, which is awesome. But God also communicates outside of that, on oh, yeah. those beautiful settings, right?
3: He's always trying to communicate to us, and so it's important for us to be, be open when we're having conversations. Even with people, people who are in active sin, the Lord can still talk to us through them. He's always trying to speak. So it's it's up to us to always be open. Okay, Father, what are you saying to me, and who are you speaking to Because again, in the Bible, He spoke to angels. He spoke in apparitions. He spoke to Joseph while he was sleeping. He spoke to uh, people in the Old Testament through a donkey. So (laughs) so the Lord is daily, always trying to speak to us, but we won't know His voice outside of Scripture if we don't, first and foremost, know Scripture. This is why Scripture has to be our priority There's a primacy of the Word of God. Um, I I say this all the time, spiritual books are fine. The writings of the saints are good, but the writings of the saints are not all infallible. They're not totally inspired by the Holy Spirit. They're not without error. The Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit, inerrant. um, It is infallible. And so it's important for us to devour the Word of God in the Bible, and then when we are in relationship with people in ministry, hanging out with friends, sitting down with coworkers, even sleeping. The Lord is going to communicate, and we're going to be able to say, oh, that was God, because I know God's voice, because I, I spend time with God in the Bible. So if we pray at some time in the day, particular times, then we can be able to pray at all times and be in relationship with God throughout the whole day.
1: Right, and I love the fact, that in, in terms of Scripture, because there's an I, I use this acronym all the time, Bible Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Deacon Dom and I came oh, back yeah. to... Uh, the Catholic Church through a Bible study, and we just love the Word of God, and we love to read it. And I think I have like six devo I'm like old school. I'm a lot older than you, but I have all the hard copies of Magnificat, you know, Word Among Us, and the reflection books, and the Advent prayers. And I, I love going through all these different reflections. But starting each morning with Scripture is huge for Amen. me in my prayer life. And Dominic, it just makes. And then because when you read Scripture. You're talking about so many things in the Bible, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, for example, mm-hmm. in the Psalms or Proverbs or David, talking about the beauty of the earth and, and you know, uh, all about how beautiful the earth is and that God did this and God did that. So then if you're reading that and you take that in, you're more likely, I think, may not be true for everybody, but I think it's easier to recognize God in nature or God in other people.
3: Oh, of course. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's the foundation. And it, for me, what I've been finding lately it has been happening is... After my during my holy hour, I'm fulfilling the sacrament, doing lectio divina with the Bible. Then after that, I go into my liturgical prayers. As priests, we make a promise to pray the, the breviary a today, which is the Psalms. But like I've been noticing how when I pray the breviary after my holy hour, that the the Bible passage that I was inspired to pray with during my holy hour is then like reiterated again throughout the Psalms um, or throughout the Scripture passages that the church liturgically the provides for me as a priest. I'm like, oh, wow, Jesus, that really was you that gave me that Scripture passage to pray with and that said, you know, whatever. So it's just super cool to see how when we're rooted in the Word of God, how He just keeps the conversation going over and over again uh, through liturgical prayers, the Mass, through conversations, through ministry, uh, and the list goes on.
1: So, Father, what is your main role right now as a priest? You're still serving uh, at the pastoral level in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, but also working with young people, correct?
3: Yes, I'm the pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus Church. Yep, Um, we're there, a beautiful church. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. so good, Sicilian church, Uh, a beautiful school. Um, I'm the director of vocations for the Diocese of Baton Rouge as well. Uh, So I accompany young guys and older guys in the Sermon of the Priesthood. Uh, I'm the chaplain for Vagabond Missions, and so we do inner-city ministry in uh, low-income neighborhoods, where we share the gospel with teens um, and help them to become disciples, bring them into the church. Uh, and I'm just a sinner who's trying to be a saint. So <laughs> I'm just... Aren't str- we I'm all, a, I'm right? I'm struggle bus.
1: <laughs> so where, what's the best place to find you? Should you go to your parish or, or your website, or what do you think for your, all your great resources that you have?
3: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah well, I'll see dot a lot of my, the books that I've done, the podcasts. Uh, and then on social media, it's at Fr. Josh Johnson, Father Josh Johnson. And then if you're in the diocese of Baton Rouge, please come to Sacred Heart of Jesus. It's the most beautiful parish with the most reverent liturgy, uh, and Jesus Christ is there. We have a beautiful Adoration Chapel we just opened up, and so come and adore the Lord. Uh, join us in ministry to our brothers and sisters experiencing poverty. Uh, join a Bible study. And just become a saint with us. We would love to walk with you in your journey towards well, heaven. I can vouch you are... for
1: your parish, because we had the wine conference there a few years ago, and it was yes. awesome. And you, yes. were, you so were a good. part of that. Yeah, so oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, before we let you go, I do want to give a plug, a shout-out, because you're going to be joining us. You're going to be coming up to the northern part of the country in northern lower Michigan to
3: Mackinac Island. Really. You guys do so much for me and you. Uh, Scott Holland will be there as well, your husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be so good. I cannot wait. And we encourage everybody to come. I think there's, um, do you can you put on your on your show yep. a, a link? So yep, we've got up. the uh, link.
1: Well, we have it on my website and on the Ave Maria Radio.net website. And you've never been to Mackinac Island, have you?
3: I've never, and I saw the pictures, and I can't wait to go. So that's going to be right after the New Congress. So yep. I'm seeing the Congress, and I'm going to be so tired probably after. So <laughs> even though I'm speaking, I'm going to like use it as my vacation as well. So
1: You should, because it's so beautiful. And you'll become a Michigander. That's what we call it. <laughs>
3: I cannot
1: wait. <laughs> It'll be fun. Father, I just want to wish you a, a Merry Christmas, a Buon Natale. Thank you for all that you do, for being such a dynamic priest and brother in the Lord, and for speaking the truth. And again, where can we find that beautiful video that you did on the litany of letting go for Advent?
3: Re- either rejoiceprogram.com, or if you get the Ascension app, uh, it's a Bible in a Year app with Father Mike Schmitz. Uh, on the Ascension app, we have all the, the videos that we've done for the Rejoice program, all the prayers for Advent season. Super beautiful. It's available there.
1: All right. It's so our friend, uh, Father Josh Johnson, from the Diocese of Baton Rouge, with so many titles, doing so much good, not only in the southern part of the country, but all over the world through his work online and in person. We'll be right back to wrap up a Thursday morning edition of Catholic Connections. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary
2: and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at
0: visitingangels.com. He was a pope, a saint, and a Doctor of the Church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. Pope St. Gregory I the Great is one of only four popes honored as the Great. Among his many achievements was sending missionaries
1: across northern Europe, especially St. Augustine of Canterbury, who brought Christ to the
0: people of England. In a pun, Pope Gregory called the English people angels. He died in 604. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Finding health care for yourself and your family can be isolating and confusing. That's why the Catholic health alternative CMF Curo is offering Christ-centered health sharing for individuals and families, along with new wellness services to help heal and restore your whole person, spirit, mind, and body. Visit cmfcuro.com to find out more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in to EWTN's Global Catholic Radio Network and to this program, Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Tomorrow, as we move into the fourth week of Advent and Christmas weekend, with Christmas Eve, of course, being on Sunday, we are going to be joined by the fearless president and chief operating officer of the network, Doug Keck, who's going to talk to us about all things Christmas on EWTN. You want to make sure you listen closely so you can make a note of it and find out what's going to be covered from Rome and, the, and all the masses and whatnot from Rome and all the other wonderful programming that EW Chen will have this Christmas season. And then we're also going to be having our Fact Check Friday, and then we are going to be uh, wrapping up with some other guests as well. So we will have a great day tomorrow, kind of wrapping it up, moving into, again, the fourth week of Advent and the Christmas season. And no matter what, do not despair. Be aware, but do not despair. That's kind of my new, like, saying to myself and to my friends. And, you know, we we can't walk around with our, you know, blinders on or put our heads in the sand, but we also do not give in to despair because we are a people of hope, okay? And God did not give us, as we are reminded by St. Paul, a spirit of fear. Besides, fear is also an acronym, false evidence appearing as real. Remember that. Talk to you tomorrow on a Friday. Adomani. Ciao, ciao. You've been
0: listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried
1: across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.